1: What's going on, everybody? It is Ricky LeBlue, the associate editor of TechSideline.com, your Virginia Tech football beat writer. Here, as always, with Will Stewart and Chris Coleman here on another episode of the TSL Podcast. Guys, we have a lot to talk about today. There's National Signing Day tomorrow. We're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, We have the the Tech Miami basketball game that we have to get to, and then also a $4.5 million weight room project that I need some answers on. So how are we doing today? Doing well. Doing well. Doing all right. It is. Uh, it, it's still cold as hell out here, ain't it?
0: Uh, you know, it could be worse. Actually, I think <laughs> overall the winter's been fairly mild.
2: Really? No way, man. Of course, you're not 53 years old. You'll change your tune here in about 20 years.
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll have to We'll have to come back and do another episode of the podcast in 20 years. The, the grumpy see if, old man edition. <laughs> see if Chris has changed his mind. Will be even colder. Huh? <laughs> you
2: kids get off my lawn. <laughs>
1: well, let's go ahead and start with the Virginia Tech basketball game. Obviously, they lost to Miami, eighty-four, seventy-five. All three of us were in attendance for this game. Action. It will, and I were in the stands watching, and then Chris was in the press uh, press row as usual, sitting up high in the rafters of Castle Coliseum. Yeah. Since we're no longer allowed to sit courtside, uh, Tech was down um, the largest deficit in the first half was sixteen. Mm-hmm. They were down twelve in the first half. They come back. They cut the deficit to three at one point. Yeah. And um, then Miami just went on a, a clutch run. They scored, I think it was, Chris, you noted three out of the last four possessions three uh, of the next I,
0: four three the next? of uh, Tech cut it to three
2: 66 63 yeah
0: first Bibbs won on his own personal six nothing run then J-Rob got a steal at half court broke right. away for a dunk that made it 66 63 timeout. 351 right? yeah. left I think Miami calls a timeout and they score on three of their next four possessions and, uh, and, and Tech bad. actually played pretty good defense on those on, the, on those possessions Miami just made some clutch shots yeah it,
1: it seemed like they were contesting those but outside of those possessions Tech did not play good defense at all well they played good defense in the second half to get
0: back in the game fair enough uh, but the first half was it was, aw- it was a mess it was awful
1: um, even in the even in the second half i think miami shot like 47 48% from the eh, field 42, and they shot for,
0: like, 42.9% and i right. think they yeah. shot
1: 56 in the first
0: 56 58 something yeah. like that um yeah i mean it, it was bad it was a bad so, performance you know
2: unlike north carolina north carolina cooperated by missing all kinds of shots um that's the only team i've seen tech play this year that that when they had a chance, they, they really yeah. didn't start making shots. Miami, when they were left open, they made them.
0: Yeah, uh, you know what what for us it was. Some of the shots were frustrating. Like uh, when this was in when the second half when Miami had it. Had the ball right under the Tech student section, and the ball is about to go out of bounds. And the Miami guy grabs it. It just flips it up towards the basket, and it just lands right. It goes right over the head of the Tech player, and the Miami bas- uh, player under the basket just catches it and lays it in. See, that, you know,
2: this is where you cue the rant about the tallest guy for Tech in the game for Tech at the time was what six six. Was six six? six well, five, well, well, right, right. Well,
0: and and you can rant about two things. Uh, you can rant that. Uh, Tech doesn't have a true backup center, and you can also rant that okay. So the one guy that they do have, who's that big, bo- just didn't bother to show up and play hard. So Buzz benched him, as Buzz should. You should bench a player when he's not play when you feel like he's not Carey, playing hard. Carrie Blacker played but fifteen minutes. Fifteen, and that was about it. Eleven in the first half. Right? Yeah, I mean somebody was, had to give PJ Horn a break for four minutes in the second
1: half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that was the most. Um, contribution we think we've seen from pj horn all season especially well, in since ACC the, no, the
0: iowa game when uh blackshear got in foul trouble and i think horn what did horn score like 17 18 19 points something like that so uh, i don't remember game. the numbers but uh yeah i mean it, it was a monster game and uh tech didn't play well in the first half but pj i think scored 11 or 12 points in the first half to keep them in that game. And then they ran away with it in, in the second half. Talking about the Iowa game. Talking right. about the Iowa game. Right. And uh, he played well on, on Saturday against Miami. He got the most out of his ability. Uh, I think he's the only player Virginia Tech put on the court where you can say that. they got the most out of his ability on Saturday. And, you know, the disappointing thing is uh the effort level and how that's becoming a, an issue. Virginia Tech – did not put forth the effort required in a home loss to Florida State. And Buzz did not say that immediately after the game. He called him out in private. And then after they beat Carolina, he came out and said, I thought our effort on Saturday was pathetic.
2: Against uh, Florida State. Against Florida State,
0: right. So three straight game, after not playing hard in a home game in which they're favored against Florida State, in which they lose, they play hard for three straight games and beat Carolina and then win two road games. All three of those games where they were the underdogs come back home. They're five point favorites against Miami and they don't play hard again. And they get punched in the mouth get, in the first half. And they lose. Right.
2: What I don't understand, you know, the, the psychology of an athlete is uh, they, they Virginia Tech plays what? 17, 18 home games a year. It's, it's a lot. And those early season games against the dogs, there's nobody in the stands relatively speaking. There's first four or 5,000 people, maybe. You come out, you know, and and then there are those, those there are those two o'clock Saturday games that you get in February and March that where the crowds are good. Oh man, yeah. And this was one of them. This was an excellent crowd. How can you? And and I'm not saying this. I'm not criticizing. I'm genuinely asking the question. How can you come out of the tunnel and see a crowd like that and not be fired up to play? Not be just. Going at it tooth and nail. Exactly right. I agree 100%. I mean, that crowd was ready to, to blow the roof off a castle.
0: And, and they Tech, never Tech, got the Tech opportunity. got up 7-2 early, and it was loud. And they got really loud in the second half when Tech cut it to 3. Yeah. But it could have been that loud the whole game if Tech yeah. had played from from the opening tip. And it's just it was very frustrating. And, and, and you know, it's, it's a weird position to be in, you know, as a Virginia Tech fan. But also someone who's covering the game and, and you know can't show emotions and things like that during the game, and you can't be emotional at press conferences and things like that after the game. But I was uh, and I didn't express these emotions. But as a tech fan, I was mad after that game, and I went to the media room and I, I asked Buzz. I said. I said, is it frustrating, on uh, February second in your fourth year of your tenure, when you've got players on this team who played in the NCAA tournament last year, you've got juniors and seniors on this team. Yeah. Is it frustrating to have to be coaching effort at this stage in the season, at this stage of your tenure, and to actually have to bench upperclassmen and put in freshmen to teach the upperclassmen how to play hard? And uh, and what I didn't add on to the end of that question was, because it sure as heck is frustrating as a fan, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but basically he said, yeah. He said yeah. I was gonna say
2: if, it, if it, it's not in Buzz's character, but Buzz probably just looked at you and said, yes.
0: Uh, well, uh, well, actually he looked me in the eyes and gave a really long answer. Uh, <laughs> well, that's Buzz. Yeah, uh, I mean that's uh, but but the short short answer was, yeah, it's very frustrating to him.
1: On Tech Talk live on Monday night, um, you know, I'm not sure when you, when everyone's gonna be listening to this, but on Tech Talk live on Monday night, um, Buzz was asked about PJ and his performance and basically said that he feels like PJ should have played earlier and more in, in excuse me in the season. So he should have been playing more minutes in previous games. And yeah. I would tend to agree with that. Um I I mean I know that PJ's looked inconsistent this year, but you've got to get him on the floor for him to learn.
2: But Buzz he's, he's a
1: freshman, you don't have another big. He's the only thing on your team resembling a big at least that plays like one. If you're gonna if you're gonna have a situation, especially against a team like I don't know, in North Carolina that doesn't have exactly a lot of height, I know that you KJ was playing well in that game, but you need to work in PJ Horn and not just put him in when KJ when Kerry Blackshear isn't showing up.
2: Well, I I, I remember. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. I remember Buzz saying the same thing about Wabisa Beattie earlier in the season. I straight
0: up asked him about you know I mean, should have played him more. Be, I, I asked him this a non-conference schedule um might have been after the iowa game I, I don't remember um i said i asked him do you play Beatty more because he's your best on ball defender right And buzz is like yeah he is uh and buzz basically went on to say yeah he helped us defensively i want to play him more but he basically said he's not as advanced offensively right now and uh which is not surprising because tech's offense you have to be a pretty unique point guard to be able to run tech's offenses to text offense efficiently, basically you have to be able to keep up with Chris Clark and Ahmed Hill when they're running the court, and there's not a lot of guys who can do that. Justin Robinson is the only guy on the team who can really do that effectively. Um, so, it's 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 very difficult for a guy like Beedy to come in and run text offense. But you know, you saw him on the defensive end on Saturday, and he's one of the few guys on the team who who can stop the ball on on a semi consistent basis. Yeah,
1: he is. Uh, Tech was out rebounded by 13 in this game. Miami had 12 offensive rebounds and turned that into 16 second chance points. I mean, we've we, people have lamented the lack of, of of front court depth on this team for years now, mm-hmm. and it's still an issue. So, I, I, well, and, and, I, well and it's not going to get any better. So
2: many of their offensive rebounds were out around the three point
1: line. This is true, but but there are a lot of rebounds that they're giving up under the basket. Too. And, and
2: Virginia Tech, they shoot the ball and they bail. They bail and get back on defense. Yeah. And Chris is right. A lot of those rebounds were long rebounds. And then also, when the other team is making 60% of their shots like they did in the first half, there aren't a lot of rebounding opportunities. Correct, yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, Tech needs more height, but part of it is philosophy. Part of it's how they play. Some of it was just dumb luck. And some of it is the other team is making too many shots for you to get defensive rebounds. Yeah,
0: that's certainly accurate. Yeah. So it, all in all, you know, it's 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 not going to be pretty for Virginia Tech on the boards, hardly any. But when the other team is making that many shots, it's particularly not going to be go, good on, on the offensive glass. Yeah, uh,
2: they, they had a good rebounding game against Carolina, but part of that was Carolina they didn't put much for, forth much effort that night either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tech did and Carolina did. Well,
0: Ka- well, Carolina's not that good. <laughs> care uh, let's be honest. Carolina's and they not compounded that good.
2: it by not playing hard, though. Right,
0: night. exactly. Uh, so, I mean, it's the same thing for Carolina as it is for Virginia Tech. If they don't play hard, they're going to get beat. Yeah. Look, nah. they just lost three games in a row.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. Virginia Tech is 16 and 7 this year, 5 and 5 in the ACC, um, missed a chance for a top 50 win against Miami. Uh, how does this loss really impact the resume?
0: Well, it's. it's They've already won more road games than they did last year, and I th- and now they are or, or as many road games as they did last year, but now they've lost more home games than they did. Buzz last mentioned
1: year. that on Tech Talk Live as well.
0: It's that's the frustrating part is you know you're finally selling out Castle on a consistent basis. Fans are coming in for these Saturday games against Florida State and Miami, and, and watching losing. their team not play. Well, it's not just losing. It's just, you lose because you don't play hard.
2: It's kind of laying an egg.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean. Yeah. Uh, so that's the frustrating part. It's you're you're capable of winning those those two games. You, you know, as a Tech basketball fan, you can accept losses. I mean, goodness knows you're used to them by now in the history of Tech <laughs> basketball, right? This is not historically a successful program. Yes, uh, true. Y- you know, unless you, uh, unless you define something other than NCAA tournament appearances as successful, then this has not been a successful program over the long haul. Uh, but what is unacceptable is is when you is you're coming off an NCAA tournament appearance. You should be better defensively just based on personnel, but you're losing home games because you're not matching the other team's effort.
1: Yeah, I'm. I, I, there, these are all um, all credible issues that you guys have with the team, and we'll have to see if Virginia Tech can get them worked out. They have NC State uh, tomorrow night. Remember, we're recording this on Tuesday, 7, Wednesday night, 9 p.m., Uh, This was announced today. This is sold
2: out. So I find that interesting. They've they've not played well in two Saturday afternoon games against Florida State and Miami, and yet they sold out a Wednesday night 9 p.m. game against NC State. I'm guessing. All right, first of all, almost all ACC games this year were almost sellouts
0: because they almost sold out their season tickets. Right, yeah. so they're close. So they only had to sell a few individual game tickets,
1: and but it's surprising that they were able to get those uh, tickets sold on a. Well, 9 PM you're assuming game. they actually got sold. This I mean, is, I this mean, is also I, mean true.
0: I mean, the students don't pick up all their tickets. I mean, I mean, those that big empty section above the band that nobody sees on TV—that's you know, eighty percent empty for most games. Those are student tickets that nobody picks up. They they put those for sale to the general public, I think. And I know one guy at Virginia Tech got a group of like, the athletic department gave him a big group of tickets up there for him to take like a, a group of kids to last year. So by sellout, it doesn't necessarily mean air they're quotes. buying those last few tickets at the last second. It means they're getting donated or maybe sell something. out in air uh, yeah. quotes. Yeah. Right. right. So,
2: and, and looking around the Coliseum, looking around castle during the Miami game, three the corners were full. And that one, that corner one, is, talking that one about is never full was not even right. close. Right.
0: Yeah. It's, it's not even close. So, uh, and the students aren't, aren't picking up their allotment and, you know, it does just doesn't seem like they're interested in watching this team play unless, unless it's unless it's Duke, Duke or, or Carolina. UNC. Now, that big group of students that's right behind the basket that goes straight up—they're they're great fans. But if you mean, but this—they can't fill in the corners. Of their yeah, teams, yeah. You
1: know? The 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 size of that group needs to grow, is what you're saying? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's full in the middle and up to the band, but once yeah, you get above the band, then it's yeah.
1: yeah, then it's no longer full. Yeah um tech got how does tech have a realistic chance of winning this game against nc state nc state's pretty good this sure,
0: year Sure, they got a realistic chance i mean nc, uh, NC state is, has like what four top 25 wins uh they also lost to unc greensboro at home <laughs> uh you know first year under kevin keats who's the former uh, hargrave head coach down in chatham my neck of the woods um james johnson is on their staff as an assistant coach um uh, it's it's an interesting match. JJ gets
1: his revenge in Castle Coliseum Maybe. on Wednesday night. Well, he sure he
0: sure did in the last couple of years when he was on Miami staff. Uh, I I think uh, this is one of the, the last time Buzz Williams called his team out for not playing hard. He did it privately, and they came out and played their tails off against Carolina.
1: Well, now he's done it publicly,
0: right? And so, all right, this is the first time I can actually remember him really calling his team out publicly.
2: More than once, right. Post game right. and then again post, post on game, Tech Talk Live. Tech
0: Talk Live and in the um, in uh, the conference call with the media yesterday. Wow. Afternoon. Yeah, he's so he's done it. He said three media availabilities since conference the conference call with the nerds, so called nerds. With the so called nerds. Well, he's now he's using those nerds to call his team out publicly. <laughs> uh, that, you know, so uh, there there he would not admit it, but uh, there there is a usefulness for, for us nerds, right? <laughs> yes. Um,
1: he, he would not admit that at all. Yeah, yeah,
0: but uh, you know, so he's doing it right now, and he's calling them out publicly, and. I, you know, he 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 was a little subdued on the sideline to a certain certain extent on Saturday, but. I think he gave them what they needed after the Florida State loss. He got a little more animated on the sideline, and I thought they started playing harder. But, you know, he, he shouldn't have to jump up and
1: down like a that's crazy the, man for 32 games a I year. Mean, that's th- th- it's not good for you. It's not I good mean, for Buzz, you to do that over the your course of your Buzz, entire career. Buzz talked about on Tech Talk Live how he's been battling a kind of a, a mean, mean cold for the last like four or five days. Well, he said, and you can't exude that emotion that he's you know known for. When you're dealing with all that stuff, well, and, you, and like you said, you shouldn't have to do that. It's not
0: just the short term. I mean, he said it a couple of years ago. He said, "I won't be able to coach if I'm 50 years old if I keep coaching like this. I have yeah. to calm down." Yeah. He's so he's right. made a noticeable effort to calm down. So over he's the trying last to calm years. down. He's trying to calm down, but now his team's not, his team not playing hard. <laughs> so he, so he, you know, after the Florida State game, he started jumping up and down like a crazy man on the sideline again, just to get him to play hard, and it worked. But you shouldn't have to do that every game. Yeah. I mean, Coach K just sits there, and his team <laughs> plays hard. Tony Bennett doesn't. I mean, Tony Bennett gets gets animated. Animated, but, yeah. but but you know not all the time. Tony but, Bennett isn't is playing harder. defense, which yeah, is right. what Buzz does. J- J- <laughs> right, uh, you know Bob Huggins, he just sits there. W- w- it looks angry the whole game, and his team plays hard. <laughs> you know you shouldn't have to do what Buzz seems like he has to do to get his team to play hard. I mean, it totally should, agree. Should have it should be there naturally.
1: Let's go ahead and move on from the Virginia Tech basketball game. Again, they get NC State Wednesday night, 9 p.m. That's sold out. I believe that's a regional sports. It's on network uh, thing. RSN, and yeah. if,
2: if you go to our site, that we have a little mini schedule on the home page, and we have a link to affiliates. If you go to uh, either our subscriber board or our basketball board at the top, there's a link to the affiliate list. And it's not since it's RSN, regional sports network. It's not this is the channel it's on in your town, but it's here or some of the regional sports networks that are carrying
1: it. Well, I'm probably not going to be able to watch it, so I'm going to have to follow it on Twitter. Let's go ahead and move on to something I wanted to talk about, and we mentioned it earlier. Um, Virginia Tech received a $1 million donation Mm -hmm. uh, from a Roanoke couple. They didn't give the names. Mm -hmm. uh, That is going to go towards a $4.5 million weight room renovation. Uh, in, In case you guys don't know where the weight room is, inside the Jamerson Athletic Center. Um, the weight room is down below there on the fir- on the really the ground floor, not the first floor, and um, it kind of faces the practice fields and in the, in the indoor practice facility. Um, there are a couple things that I wanted to hit on. First of all, um, how does this cost four and a half million? <laughs> I don't know. Anything
0: about, are they knocking down walls and things like that?
1: Um, I'm not. Uh, see, and I'm not exactly sure because they didn't they haven't really, released any plans. Yeah, they, now, the one thing they did say that they want to do is. Um, you know those big kind of like roll up doors on the indoor practice facility that allow the players to move in and out very quickly. Mm-hmm. They're going to add similar style doors to the weight room to allow the teams or, or the the units of guys right. weightlifting to get in and out of there. So
2: there's re- going to be some brick and mortar work. Yeah. here. there's not. We're not just talking right, about right. new weight but equipment. But for
1: half. Well, if you, if you
0: remember when when they redid the halls in the Merriman Center, that was over a million bucks, mm, and that man. was that wasn't. That was just graphics. That was just <laughs> graphic related paint, paint and, you know, and things the like flooring that.
1: flooring, and that's about it. Correct.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm thinking there's going to be some walls being torn down, maybe some expansion and things like that. Um, they've got that that patio area that probably extends twenty or thirty feet outside the weight room. That if they wanted to add space, yeah, that they could move it out.
2: Yeah, they weren't um, super clear exactly they not what they're going to do they were gonna other do. than the You're not
0: just doors. talking about new bench press machines here. What they did you know, say it's... was that
1: there is a a space in the weight room in which the team stretches. There is. I've been and in then, that little room and before. And then they're going to instead of doing stretching in there, they're going to have the team stretch in the indoor facility, mm-hmm. and then cut across the practice okay. field to to go in there. So that way, they will be adding more, um, more Look, more weight racks so yeah, and more stations I, well, and stuff, and also. They're moving the um, what they call the refueling station, basically where they can, you know, g- get some extra, you know, nutrition or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and kind of you know hydrate afterwards. They're going to move that down outside the weight room. Well,
0: okay, well. I know exactly what what you're talking about. Then I know that the stretch room it's right next to the weight room, and there's a wall between the weight room well, and the stretch I guess room. That so there gone. you go, tearing the walls down. <laughs> is the is
2: the stretch room where they used to do forties and and. I think
0: so. Way and, and back when they first built well, America, uh, and after well, camp, after camps and things like that, they would they would gather all the recruits and their parents in there. Yeah. Uh, you and I've been in there before, like for recruiting. Yeah, yeah it's
2: things. probably not big enough to do a forty, but I think they do shuttles and three combs. Th- they do a lot of things, things like,
1: like that, that. Yeah. How does this really help the program? How does this kind of investment really help
2: the program? All right, so so let me jump in here. Uh, I'm a I'm a little bit of a Colorado State fan. Uh, what? Because uh, <laughs> we have we have a, a site in our network, in the sportswear yeah. network, a Colorado State website. And, and I've always kind of liked their fan base. And I think it goes back when the Cecil the Diesel ran over UVA. I was at that game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when Colorado State came into Charlottesville so and beat, beat UVA. So your
1: Colorado State fandom kind of and resonates from your, your tech fandom. Yeah. I've, I've okay. always
2: thought they're kind of kindred spirits, you know, because they're – they are the, the small conference team that has to battle with Colorado, the big conference team in which their is own what, state.
0: Which is what Virginia Tech was when the Hokies were an independent and then in the Big East yeah. going against UVA, who, who was, was in, in the, the ACC. ACC the whole time. yeah.
2: So uh, I, I was watching a – I've kind of been watching this whole story. Colorado State built an on-campus football stadium. Uh, I, don't, I think they finished it uh, – Where uh, were they playing? A little bit out of town. You know, okay. uh, um, I can't remember the name of their stadium that was out of town, but when, whenever you watched them on ESPN, they would show the line of cars with the headlights coming down the highway to to get to their stadium. So they built an on-campus stadium, really nice facility, not big, it's probably 40 or 50,000 seats, um, because their their fan base just isn't that big. Yeah. But you're talking a couple hundred million dollar facility. So I was watching one of their football games last year, and they and they were talking about the facility. They have their weight training facility in that stadium, and it's a. It, they said it's a thirteen thousand square foot weight room. Um, okay, so I just kind of filed that number away. Well, that that press release that Tech did that talked about uh, this refurbishment of the Merriman Center weight room. I've unfortunately I've scrolled on my phone past the number. Uh, <laughs> So give me a second isn't it, here.
1: Isn't it about 12,000 plus, I believe, is the number?
2: They are going to take it from about 6,900 square feet to over 12,000 square feet. Okay. So think about that. Virginia Tech is about to expand their weight room, which was half the size of Colorado State's, mm-hmm. and make it more in line with what Colorado State has. So if Colorado <laughs> State has a 13,000 That's an interesting square, number, yeah. So we're talking recruiting. Yeah. I've um, always thought Tech's weight room was small. It, it, was, it was great. When it was built 20 years ago. And oh, by the way, I just looked it up. The Merriman Center was $10.6 million for the entire facility when it was built. Right, And now you're talking a $4.5 million renovation of, of the weight room. And
0: we remember when, when the Merriman Center was built. I remember going to the Boston College game in 1997 and sitting kind of up high in the East stands and the Merriman center was getting constructed and everybody's like, Oh my gosh, that's going to be a game changer for recruiting. And sure enough in 1998, Virginia tech gets Michael Vick and Lee Suggs and Jake, Jake Housewright And all that. I mean, but everybody has a Merriman center now yeah, and everybody has a weight room better than Texas. Some people I think,
1: have a Merriman center with a slide. I think literally the only, the only <laughs> right.
0: Exactly. I think in many golf courses and things like that, but I think the only thing that hasn't been touched over there in the Merriman center in the last well, since it was built, really, has been the weight room. That's the only thing that hasn't really been improved on.
2: So if you look at the two big projects that have been announced uh, recently, I, I bet very few Virginia Tech fans were sitting around thinking, yeah, we really need that. And we're talking about the Student Athlete Performance Center where they're going to feed the athletes. That's the $16.5 million project yeah. that one fifteen million check was written for. and now Fifteen point two. Yeah. And now you're talking about a big expansion of the weight room that I'm sure your typical tech fan didn't even know Virginia Tech needed. But yeah, yeah, but when probably. I hear Colorado State's got thirteen thousand square feet and tech has sixty nine hundred, you immediately think, Whoa, that can't look good. Right. Yeah. What what is what does North Carolina have? What does Clemson have? What are the schools that Virginia Tech is recruiting against have?
0: Yeah, um I, I think uh,
2: Virginia Tech's weight room is small. I've always
0: thought it was small. They cannot fit the whole team in that weight room.
1: Yeah, they always have to work in and in and out of groups. Right. Yeah, I think there's like three different lifting groups that they yeah. have, and they rotate. So this in makes and everything out of the, a little yeah. more
0: flexible for them. Yeah, I mean, it's, definitely. It's more space for anybody. You don't have to just you don't have to wait around while to while, you know, three guys are in front of you for maybe you've got three machines for this one lift. Well, maybe you've got room to add three more. Exactly. So there, there's yeah. less standing around. It's it's more efficient. You can get as much worked done in. Less time, if you yeah. really want to. And I'm, not, I'm not a weight room guru like Ben Hilgert, obviously, yeah. but uh, you know, I'm sure this is going to help him out. Well, I mean, but,
1: in the in kind of the promotional stuff that, that Tech has put out there, um, whenever they put a video out there of the weight room, they always show the guys running from station, station to station. So it's obvious that they preach being efficient with that time, and now that really will. Will be aided by this. So,
2: not to mention that you can probably fit two or three Olympic sports teams in there now. At well, the have, same uh, time, they have their own. Yeah, room. They, they, they do. Is, and is it's it actually the, pretty it's, nice.
1: It's it's that
0: weight room uh, when when you walk downstairs Next to it, the Castle. It's it's remember, remember there were two back gyms in Castle. Yeah, and there's only one now. Well, the one where you first walk in on the right. Is now the Olympic sports, and
1: weather. it's it's pretty pretty good. All the Olympic sports coaches oh, that uh, I have talked to really I, like it. I've been in there, and I think it's just
0: as good, if not oh, better, than one the football. You're talking about. I know the one you're talking yeah, about. It,
2: yeah. it, it it's like two stories high, right? Uh, because it used to be a gym, so it's it's a nice big area. Yeah, it's
0: uh, it's big. Well, I think it's a. It's been a while since I've been in there, but I think it's as nice or nicer than the football weight room. Hmm. So, which should tell you, it's been a long time since, since they've the touched football that football way way. Needed, <laughs> Yeah. 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 Um, the,
1: the, the other thing I really wanted to hit on uh, with this with this news about the $1 million donation for this project, it seems like there's been a bump in not just general fundraising for Virginia Tech, but the ability to get these bigger donations. Yeah. I don't know when the last time Tech had a $1 million dollar donation was I outside did, of the 15.2. Did, uh, Go uh, ahead. Less
0: than a year ago. Uh, the initial donation into the uh, new uh, food place. <laughs> the, 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 the student athlete performance center. Yeah, the student center. athlete performance center was like a million dollar donation from a couple that. One of them is they work at Virginia Tech. I think they originally are from Georgia or something. I think okay. I, I don't. I don't. I forget their names. But but you're um, starting to see. But they more gave of... they gave about a million or a little bit or one point two million or something. And I think I want to say it was last spring or last summer they gave the in, initial donation to, to that facility.
1: But well, the the thing I wanted to hit on is you're starting to see this more. Yes. In the last year or two, maybe even three, under wit that Tech is able to kind of procure these donations more often. And as we, you know, have talked about numerous times, they're really starting to make a difference, these kinds of projects.
2: Yes. And, you know, it's it's, of course, hanging out on the message boards and seeing what the fans have to say there. And I'm sure this is going on all over college athletics. uh, Some fans are starting to think that the money is too big and they're not they're they're switching off mm-hmm. you know so and i saw this happen when they started paying the players cost of attendance a few yes. people said i'm out if you're going to start giving the players 3 4 5000 dollars a year i'm i'm not donating for that so every time the the money issue gets ramped up a little bit more you lose some fans it's a small percentage but they don't want to play the money game
0: it means you have to charge the remaining fans more but yep. but
2: then the people who can play the money game are stepping up the people who can donate 15 million and a million here you know, and, and I'm sure they've had some good donations for the baseball facility. Um, so it's uh, it's it's two different things going on at two, two different ends of the spectrum. But uh, overall, you're seeing the revenue go up, and this is great stuff. This makes for really good PR.
1: What, does, what do these donations say about kind of the fundraising trajectory and the revenue trajectory of the department? Because I know that that's something that you guys have talked yeah. about almost ad nauseum on yeah. either on the boards, through articles, even here on the podcast I, about how tech really needs to start raking in more money because their revenue level is not in line with the teams that they're competing. With. Because they
2: have no conference network, John Swafford.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> how uh, about that Nike deal? Yeah. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> I've, I've
0: always wondered uh, what Virginia tech's fundraising ceiling was. Cause I, I never, we were never anywhere close to approaching it. And we've always thought oh, Virginia tech doesn't have anybody capable of Pumping multiple, uh, you know, they don't have like one family that's capable yeah. of of pumping millions of dollars. Of the like what, that ones. one group well, that, that they started did. Penn State's right, right, uh, hockey right, program. Right, right, right. Well, we don't have anybody <laughs> like that. At least I don't think we do. Of course, yeah. I didn't think we had anybody that could donate fifteen million, but yeah, I was wrong that was, about uh, that, that. Was a pleasant surprise. Um, so, so what is Virginia Tech's donation ceiling? I, I don't know. I do know that when Whit Babcock was hired from Cincinnati, the the initial comments on the on the message board was. Who is this guy? What a boring <laughs> hire. And I went and started researching him and saw how they had just shattered donation records at Cincinnati when he was their athletic director. I mean, just blown their previous records away. And I'm like, okay, that's exactly what we need. Um, and he's doing the same thing at Virginia Tech, it looks like. Yeah, he, he is, uh, he's, he is uh I wrote an article yesterday about Fuente's extension and how I, it's more fine. We're, tech is more flexible financially now and and I and overall our revenues have increased by about 10 million since uh, since Babcock was hired the, the expenditures is, expenditures have increased by 15 million also yeah but that's uh, true I think it but that but that Gotta was money to well, make money. well and that was as of 2 years ago. They had, the updated numbers have not been released since the drive for So 25. we
2: we haven't gotten the numbers for 2016 2017 That's right. Yet. And we're
0: in the middle of 17-18 right now. It, we're all, so you're always a year behind. Yeah. Y- yeah. This uh, is w- true. when it comes to the numbers being released, but we'll have the numbers for 16-17 right at the end of the 17-18 fiscal year. And I'm I'm guessing it wouldn't shock me if Virginia Tech is is well over the ninety million mark in terms of revenue uh, here pretty soon if they're not already, and, and approaching a hundred million.
1: And and you know as as much as some people might lament the the amount of money that is in college athletics, that's the number I, you have to I be. I at.
0: lament the amount of money that is in college athletics, but I'm I don't want Virginia Tech to fall on the sword for a principal. Even. Yeah, exactly. I, I would love to have. Big sweeping changes to, to college athletics and the money that gets spent. What, what whether it's you know, and a, lo- a, a lot of it is increased uh, scholarship costs, and, and that's a big part of it at Virginia Tech. But you know, I mean, it's too much when you're building your players swimming pools and miniature golf courses for goodness sakes. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous.
1: Hey man, some, you got to play putt putt somewhere. I get
0: yeah, you got to. I guess. But uh,
1: <laughs>
0: so yeah, I, I have a problem with the amount of money that's being spent in college athletics these days. But like I said, I'm, I'm not willing to have Virginia tech fall on the sword for any kind of a principle until those lo- rules get changed. And, and they, ch- they change for everybody. Virginia tech has to try to keep up the state competitive. Wait,
1: is, is anyone confident that these rules are going to change? No no. no, no, no. So, so yeah, it, cause it, I'm not either. It,
2: at this point, uh, the things you've seen Virginia tech do lately, uh, the baseball stadium, student athlete performance center, right center, None of this is, uh, I can't find the term I'm looking for excessive. None of these are these are really nice facilities, but they're they're playing catch up with some of the, the better moneyed schools. Right. Uh, there will be, and I think Wit is smarter than this. There will be some backlash if you build a $55 million football facility with a, a lazy river and putt putt golf and all that stuff we like yeah. to make fun they of. They won't do that. Virginia Tech fans will not sit still. He spent too much time still...
0: making fun of that. Yeah, yeah he has. Yeah, he so has they, publicly. I don't think they can do
2: it now. And, and I mean, there's, there's still so much Virginia Tech can do with that money other than ridiculous luxury items like that. Went
1: talked about once they got that $15.2 million donation how, you know, we're not building gold plated facilities and this, that, and the other. Mm. And he's right, they're not. I mean, but Tech's facilities. Um, in certain areas, did need an upgrade. I think there are some areas that could still use one. Right. Uh, but like, like you guys have said, they're not really interested in spending all of that cash because I don't think they believe it fits into the culture of Virginia Tech, really, in the fan base. and, well, and, they're, and yeah. they're right.
0: I I I wonder if all that stuff is going to soften Clemson up over time. You know, I mean, why put in that extra sprint session returns. when you can just go chill in the nap room? Right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. honestly, hey, why, why, why have an extra lifting session when you, you could just go play putt-putt? Yeah. I mean, will that soften? Hang the lazy up lazy river in the summer. Sure, uh, exactly. And, you know, all of this is the fault of professional American sports. The fact that uh, there are no minor leagues for the NBA and for the NFL. The NBA is slowly
1: working on one, but it's, it's taking its sweet time. It's
0: taking its sweet time. And the, and the fact that it's forced – Colleges to assume the developmental role, um, and, and you know it's not like that in baseball. Well, it is to a certain extent. You see plenty of baseball players obviously go to college. Yeah. But at least baseball, the sport of baseball, has developed their minor league system so that you know you, you don't see you don't see the number one prospect in, in baseball go to college. And, and then you and know, not go to class and not go to year. class for a year and then go straight and then go to the MLB draft and things like that. I mean if, if, if you go to college and play baseball, you have to stay for three years before you can declare for the draft and uh, you know I mean and you look over in Europe at how they handle their soccer programs and you know they get they get guys, six years old and put them in their academies and they pay for their education all the way up. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, and that's something and, and develop them in their own systems and programs and things like that. You know, they go to school during the day and right after school, they're out there on the soccer field, uh, developing as players and pro- the professional teams pay for that. Yeah. Uh, and you don't see NFL and NBA teams willing to make that sacrifice. Now the NFL is paying their commissioner $42 million a year. <laughs> Could they make that sacrifice? They could, and they could take the onus off the colleges, and we could actually have real, real amateur athletes. athletes yeah. Right, right, yeah. The, 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 yeah, and and we would not have this this issue as much. Um, but until that happens, I mean, why, why would a why would a five star basketball one and done player go play the in the NBDL when it's quite obvious that he can go to certain colleges and make more money than the NBDL pays?
1: Yeah, you're right.
2: And get totally better exposure. Right. College, and, college basketball get, gets better exposure and, and than get, the NBA. And get
0: better exposure.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, sure. Yeah.
0: Right, right. So, you know.
1: Well, really quick. It's not even the D League anymore. It's the G League. Is it really? What does for, that stand it's for? It's sponsored by Gatorade. Oh, okay. okay. Well, at least it has a sponsor. <laughs> well, well, see, here's the thing. Nobody calls it the G League because it, it's still the D League to everybody. Right. But you, you, I think you're totally right, and I thought it was really interesting. Um, the Titans hired Mike Ver, oh, excuse me, Mike Vrabel as their head coach, guy who played for the, the Patriots, won a Super Bowl there. Uh, and Mike Vrabel said in his in opening press conference, you know, colleges are the uh, the minor leagues of the NFL, and we need to adapt our systems in the NFL to fit colleges. And I thought that it was really interesting that that's really the first head coach that's actually admitted that.
2: That's tough <laughs> <up> out loud. <laughs> exactly well,
1: well, here's the thing. If they've... <laughs> if
0: they model their systems too much about it, they're going to get their quarterbacks killed because yeah. you know, colleges have mobile quarterbacks. And man, one of those NFL defenders, if, if, yeah. if you run the ball 20 times with your quarterback, it's against, already happened. Uh, you're going to get your quarterback killed. Man. I mean, if one of those big 270 a pound linebackers
1: that, in the NFL. There's a reason that RG three suffered multiple knee injuries for my Washington Redskins and then completely lost any semblance of, of, of uh, what he could have been. Yeah, exactly. Right. His potential was gone. Let's go ahead and move on from this discussion. Obviously, Tomorrow, Wednesday, National Sign Day. Um, Tech, most of the class is about filled up. They have 22 current signees. Uh, we have two more signees that are basically guaranteed at this point. Javon Beckton, who committed recently, and Cam Good, who's been committed for a while, but did not sign officially because he wanted to sign with his teammates up there at St. John's College in D.C. Um, so that said, there's only a couple remaining targets that Virginia Tech has really been pursuing over the last couple of weeks, I want to hit on all of these guys and spend some time on uh, if you think that these are extremely important recruits for Virginia Tech. We've talked about this in brief over the last couple of weeks, but it's really coming down to the wire now. Um, the first recruit, uh, everyone asks about this kid. Everyone knows this kid. Tech's been recruiting him for two and a half years, and it's Dax Hollyfield, uh Linebacker, probably an inside, probably a Mike uh, linebacker, but, but Mike it seems like he view. could play backer if you needed to. If you needed him to, but I but, think Mike is his future. Yeah. Uh, from Shelby, outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, four-star kid, mid-four-star. Tech's been recruiting this kid for a long time now. Uh, the up-and-down part of his recruitment, I think, has kind of um, maybe frustrated a lot of people just because it has been so up-and-down. It seems like the, the teams have always switched, except Virginia Tech. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 are you expecting a bit of a crapshoot for this one? do? do <sighs>
0: You know, I guess it's one of those recruitments. You can say whatever happens won't won't surprise you. Yeah, but he's that's been, how I view it. He's been so consistent with with Virginia Tech from the very beginning. I, I could understand how it'd be up and down for like a UNC fan because at one point it looks like you're out of it. And then another point, you think you're number two or maybe even number one. I, I, I and don't. And you're out of it, now and you're then back you're in. And it. Now you're back <laughs> in it. Right, right? Exactly. And. uh I guess same thing with Clemson, but you know, at one point it's been Virginia Tech and North Carolina, and Virginia Tech and South Carolina, and Virginia Tech and Stanford, and Virginia Tech and Florida State. It's always been Virginia Tech and somebody else. Um, and, and the way we got a question about this in the Q and A last week, and, and and the question was, have you seen a carousel, uh, recruiting carousel, as much as Dax's in, in, in recent memory? And is, is it that much of a carousel? I mean, a carousel goes around and around and around, and then you end up in the same spot at the end of the ride. And I think that's what it's going to be like. I mean, I think the carousel ride's going to end and he's going to be right where he was when he first got on the carousel with Virginia tech. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that that's how it's going to end up. I, I think he's gone through the process, but there's no school he's visited more than Virginia tech. There's, there's no defensive coordinator he's closer to than Bud Foster. Um, uh, but and I, and I think when it comes down to it, you go with familiarity, and, and for a guy like Dax, at least you go with familiar, familiarity. Clo- uh, you know, he, he's going to be clo- unless he goes to Stanford. He's going to be somewhere that's close to home. So I don't think location is an issue uh, between you know Virginia Tech and Clemson and North Carolina. They're all close enough. Yeah, and uh, you know, I and th- the and I don't think I think he knows that Clemson didn't want him as much as Carolina
1: and Virginia Tech. Clemson definitely backed off for a lot of his recruitment, and then seems for, to. for over a year they they yeah. weren't involved at all. Well, <laughs> maybe that's part of the reason why at the uh, he was burning Clemson be the, the, Yeah, the yeah. ACC championship game right. a couple of years ago. He yeah. was burning a piece of wood with Clemson engraved on it. Yeah,
0: right. So you you, you just don't see guys doing
1: that. And by and the, the way, that video has since been taken down. Right. Well, you, you, I went to go screenshot. Did you? Yeah. Good call. I, I like it to like, it. Brad,
0: <laughs> like where your heads at. But uh, yeah, so you don't just go from burning that to signing with Clemson. I, I think in, in a year span. Uh, so and you don't go to Carolina either. I, I just think him sitting in Lane Stadium this past year and watching Virginia Tech beat them fifty nine to seven.
1: Kind of sealed I, the deal.
0: I don't wouldn't say sealed the deal. And maybe he doesn't even realize this in his own head. But, you know, Dax is a football player, man. And a pure football player like Dax, I don't think he'd go to UNC. What, what that
2: That mean? is the only outcome that would make my head explode. If, you went it, to if he went to UNC. Right. There's
0: no reason to go to UNC.
1: Well, I, I mean, I, I think we were talking about this in the office. If I were a Tech fan, I'd be pretty pissed off if he went to Clemson. Because uh, yeah, Clemson. Be Yes. I mean, Clemson literally came in at the end. The kid did not like Clemson, at least publicly in his recruitment. They all of a sudden jump in at the end, and and now you get them. Obviously, they won a national championship, so they're going to be able to do that with a lot of kids. But definitely, I think the UNC, um, if that happened, I think Tech fans would ha- bring out the proverbial pitchforks on mm-hmm. our message boards. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and yes, I will, and I think Chris would too.
2: <laughs> you know, we we could we could easily beat on UNC for a while. It's 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 easy sport. It, know, is, so. it is.
1: It is. Low hanging fruit. Uh, so Dax is announcing at eleven a.m. Uh, Chris, you you're on record saying that you think it's going to be tech, but you're.
0: Th- I mean, I don't have no inside info on that. It's yeah, a gut feeling. I don't think. But, I
2: don't think any three I don't think is. anybody has inside info uh, yeah. on what Dax is going to do. But
0: I, I I still feel good about it. I, I just can't help but feel good about it.
2: Will, do you feel as good about it? Uh, when you've been doing this as long as I have, you hear stories about recruits who are on the phone with tech coaches and they tell them, yeah, man, I'm coming there. And then they don't put know. the phone away <laughs> and walk up to the podium and put somebody else's hat on, you know, so you just never know until, until they fax in the LOI. Well,
1: we will know at 11 a.m. Tomorrow. Uh, the, the other big kind of, uh, big name recruit that tech is recruiting, a guy that kind of bloomed late in the process is Javante Jean-Baptiste, which is. The best name in this class, I think. Um, he just finished an official visit to Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Um, he was long thought to be a Boston College lean, but that's before his recruitment blew up. Since then, he's been to Virginia Tech. He's also been in Nebraska. He had a relationship with Scott Frost over at Central Florida. Uh, this is a kid from New Jersey. Um, thoughts on, on Javante Jean-Baptiste and where you so, think this uh, is going to end up? Did
2: somebody on the message board say that he visited Ohio State and, quote, didn't like it, unquote?
1: that's been out there. I haven't seen it verified. But the crystal
2: balls today are coming in for Ohio
0: state.
1: Exactly. And, sure. and
0: my theory on that is, you know, if you read the article that Jason Stame did with him after he visited tech, he talked about how much he liked his visit to Virginia tech. And he'd straight up said, it wasn't what I was told it was going to be. I was told it was in the mountains in the middle of nowhere and there was nothing to do. And well, blah, it is in the
1: mountains, <laughs> Well, it,
0: it, you know, and all those comments could be correct depending on your perspective. But, uh, what stood out to me is obviously there's someone in his in his ear that's close to him telling that's, him, you don't want to go to Virginia Tech. You yeah. don't want to go to Blacksburg, Virginia. And there's only so much FaceTime coaches can get with the recruit. Uh, you can't sit there and text a guy all day long and become closer to him than the guy that sees him every day, either yeah. a coach or a mentor or a family member exactly. or whoever it is. You know, you're not going to be able to break down that barrier as a coach when you're, you have limited face time with with the guy. So there, there's been someone pushing him away from Virginia Tech the entire time. Uh, he, I think. And, and
2: it's not necessarily a coach of another team, right? Like you said, no, it's it can, someone it's, close
0: to him yeah, in his. Yeah, sounds like it's, it's, someone it's not. In his I mean, camp. I mean, I'm sure he's probably getting that from the Ohio State coaches, but 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 I mean, it's somebody in his camp. That is close to him, that sees him on a daily basis, that doesn't want him at Virginia Tech. If you read between the lines on his comments,
1: I think it's kind of funny that um, they're they're all talking about how Ohio State is is you know is not in the middle of nowhere and it's not far away. Is Columbus, Ohio that much farther away than uh, – Just or, look, or, or at is them. Blacksburg that much farther away than Columbus no, from, no, from no, um, But Colum- Bergen, Columbus, New Jersey? Columbus has
0: almost a million people
1: there. Yes, this is it's just Columbus true. Columbus is, is a big city. Yeah. Right. Uh, they, Blacksburg is not.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> they, have, they have professional sport teams, sports teams in Columbus, you know. Yeah. Uh
1: The Columbus Caps for NHL? The Blue Jackets, right.
2: Are uh, they I, not the Blue Jackets?
0: I, I think
1: they're the Caps. I've been, I've been in their, sure. I've been in their arena before. When well, and played.
2: they've got it's the Ohio State Buckeyes. I was about to but, make um, the same <laughs> joke, but, uh, <laughs> but
0: they don't get paid to play school, you, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> <Bardell Jones. laughs> but oh, it, it, at any rate, uh, so his other two options are Nebraska. You know, population of almost three hundred thousand people, a state capital, Columbus, Ohio, big city. All right, this is a guy. All right, where he he's from a suburb of New York City. Yeah. Right. So there, there's so his camp, people don't want don't want him to end up in Virginia Tech. Might not want him to end up in Nebraska either. Ohio State would satisfy his camp that does not like the the remoteness part of things.
1: Not to mention it's Ohio State. I mean Ohio State generally it's o- it's in the a, in the playoff. It's, contention.
0: it's Ohio State, but I don't. I think if it was just him in a vacuum. I think he would go to Virginia Tech, but I think there are outside influences that I just don't think he's coming to Tech.
1: Well, we'll find out at eight a.m. He is a an eight a.m. announcement, and he is not even going to be the earliest announcement that is on Tech's list. Which brings me to Anthony Grant. He's a guy that uh, is technically right. still committed to the University of Tennessee um, since Tennessee's problems and even before Tennessee lost Butch Jones, he had been kind of talking to Virginia Tech and still being recruited by the Hokies. Uh, since then, he's taken uh, official visits to Florida State. Uh, I believe there's another school that he went to, but really it sounds like Tennessee, Virginia Tech, and possibly Florida State are in the mix <laughs> for Anthony Grant's services. Um, do you think Tech ends up with Anthony well, Grant? Th- did, his, did his mom go with him on the Florida State <laughs> trip? <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: I hope she did. <laughs> but, uh, oh, man. I, uh, because Josh Sweat's mom did not. And we see how, so, saw, saw how, how right, that turned yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I think... Uh, a lot of people are still saying Virginia Tech and Tennessee. And yeah. Some people think it's Tennessee. Some people think it's Virginia Tech. I don't see anybody changing their crystal ball predictions on 247 at the last second. So. Well,
2: they still say there's only been four, and they right. say three of them are Virginia, We're Tech. Virginia
0: Tech. So I don't think anybody. Anybody knows what what's going to happen there. I, I would not be shocked to see him stick with his Tennessee commitment. Wouldn't be surprised if he came to Virginia Tech. Wouldn't be surprised if he if he went to Florida State. Would be surprised if he went to North
1: Carolina. Do you have any more confidence that Tech has not offered Elijah Davis yet?
0: You know, if, I, I think it's one. Or do of you the, think Tech's based on them? I, I think Tech would like. Well, I think personally, I don't think Tech is going to offer him either way. I would personally. Um, yeah, I,
1: I, we've talked about that. on yeah, the podcast.
0: yeah, but uh, I I don't think not offering Elijah Davis is an indication of anything about about Grant. Okay, because
1: at least for for my vantage point, it seemed like it was going to be one or the other, and that Elijah Davis, who's a local kid from uh, Lynchburg, yeah, um, it it, sound, it looked like that he was kind of their backup option. I mean, he's a guy that you know, if if he got a tech offer, um, it'd be shocking if he didn't take it because yeah. right now it seems like he's either ODU, right. Or JMU possibly Liberty, right. um, but I don't know. I, I I kind of thought that they would have offered Elijah Davis by now. If oh, if he, they, should, if they he should
0: definitely go to JMU with that running game. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I
1: agree. Yeah, uh, but don't go to ODU and play in the in the, um, yeah, the in the in the actual yeah, FBS right. and get beat and, by CUSA. And and, 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 all
0: right, <laughs> everybody here knows that. I, I think uh, that I I'm not against the local recruiting, but I don't. Wouldn't recruit locally just for the sake of recruiting locally because I think that's part of the issue that got Virginia Tech and in, in the talent
1: disparity disparity that they, that
0: they were in the last few years. Uh, but that being said, I would offer Elijah Davis because I like it. I think he's a really good player. Um, I was split on Cole Beck to a certain extent. I mean, I think Elijah Davis is the best is is the best not the best back in the state because that's Ricky for this Slade. class it's Ricky Slade. But I, I would have Elijah Davis second. In the class. So that's my own personal opinion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll have to see what happens. Anthony Grant is announcing at 7 a.m., so we'll have Ugh. to be up a little early
2: for when Well,
0: uh, you guys can do that, because I'm going to be up past midnight writing the NC State recap. So,
1: I'll let you guys handle the 7 stuff. Oh, a. man. So. Um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have three press conferences to be at tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow's going to be a little busy. For,
1: um, <laughs> you have Virginia Tech's uh, recruiting press conference, the signing day stuff, which will be at 3 o'clock. You have an NC State basketball game at 9 p.m. I might as up. well pitch a 10 in the Merriman Center. <laughs> and then the other one is, uh, is it baseball's media day? It is. What time is that? 6.37, something like Man. that. But, but, so, so right before the before the, the bat, bat. They're yeah. doing it intentionally, so the media is already there for the basketball game. <laughs> you yeah. got to love how that works. Uh, the last recruit, really, that I think we need to hit on is Jamarcus Chapman. If you haven't read it already, we have a, a interview with Jamarcus Chapman on TSL right now. Jason Stane did that for us. It's for TSL Pass subscribers only. If Will Stewart wants to jump in and give you another spiel on why you should subscribe, I'll let him do it now. (laughs) $5.99
2: combo meal price. If you subscribe for a month and you don't like it, I will personally refund your money.
1: Uh, You heard it here, and you can use this as evidence in case Will tries to to swindle you. Anyway, he wouldn't do that. Anyway, Jamarcus Chapman um, is a kid that was committed to LSU. He then committed to uh, the University of Tennessee. He then decommitted. Uh, now his kind of final four are Florida State, Miami, Virginia Tech, and North Carolina. And he's
0: not going to North Carolina in my opinion. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, I, I, you know, Virginia Tech, Miami, Florida State, I don't think he's coming to Tech. Yeah, I think he had a really good visit to Tech, but you're talking about a guy who was once committed to S- to two SEC schools, LSU, Tennessee, uh, and now, Miami now and it's Miami and Florida like State. Him. I just think he's going to – I think Tech will get big-timed here. Yeah, I, I think he really likes Tech. He visited well, what on I the twenty eighth of January. Yeah, from what I understand, his you know Tech really liked him and his family on the visit and everything like that. But I just you get the vibe that that he really likes Tech. But when it comes down to it, the the big time factor of it, perception factor of it is is not is not going to go. If with he tech's goes favorite.
1: elsewhere, is that is that really a big miss? Because I feel like he was a kid that the Tech kind of came in late you know, on. know I'll also, be honest. I'm not
0: sure how he fits into the system. I'll be honest, I haven't watched his film because I never thought Tech had a good chance to offer him well, to, get, to get him. That's so, a good indicator. So, so, so I just haven't watched his uh, tape. So I don't know. I don't I don't know. He's a big offer list. I think he'd play defensive tackle for Tech.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I'm just curious if he would be able to get up to um, the size necessary to do it. I mean, he is 6'2", uh, yeah. and he's about 258, I believe is his listed number. He's, well, I, but I think, you have I, to wonder how much more weight can he put on. Uh, he'd be able to put up put enough weight on. Do I, I remember Corey Marshall. Because I know that's an issue that guys like Jimmy Corey, Taylor have Corey, had. Well, Darius Corey, Fullwood's been a good Corey bit, a Marshall trainer. played
0: defensive tackle at Tech as a true freshman, and he was about 255 pounds six 6'1". So, and, and Chapman's a little bigger than Marshall at the same stage. So, yes, he could play defensive tackle at Tech. No question in my mind.
1: Okay. all right. Well, uh, we do not have an announcement time for Jamarcus Chapman. He has not gone public with that. If he does, we'll throw it on the TSL recruiting board and we'll tweet it out from the TSL recruiting account and the actual tech sideline account. Um, general thoughts on the, on this class so far, depending on, uh, obviously we don't know, know exactly how it's going to finish, but quickly your general thoughts on the class. I think it's a good class.
0: Um, very good class. Um, from a ranking standpoint, it's tech's best. And since 2007, I, I think, uh, it could potentially get better depending on what happens tomorrow. Uh, I, I, I love the fact that they're beating out more power five schools than they, than they ever had. Um, ESPN just moved uh, Cam Good up to uh, four-star. a four-star yesterday. Yeah. Which, ESPN that, that, 300. That more accurately reflects how the Virginia Tech staff feels about him. Uh, I know they brought him up to camp this summer, and he just blew away all their agility and testing
1: drills. Oh, to, yeah.
0: Despite weighing in, I think it's it like, it like 330 pounds or something like that. That he's dude a, can he's move. He's like a shorter version of Settle. He really. Well, we
1: were talking about that in the office, how uh, other than really the, the the inch and a half, two inches that Settle has on, on Cam Good, or maybe Moore's more than, more than that.
0: that. I think I think Good's more like five eleven. five eleven. Settle's probably a legit six three. Yeah, so I think you're talking about four inches. But good, four but- inches, right? 4 inches good of good moves of like a defensive end. He's yeah. he's
1: that he's that quick twitch. Right, right. You, you
0: know, you'll have to drop weight cuz I don't know how what his conditioning level will be, yeah. you know, three whatever, whatever he weighs. I don't know if he's 330 right now or if he's dropped weight.
2: Yeah, but, there's there's some fans on our board saying he could play this year, man. you know, 2018. Eh. Well, he might not have any choice.
0: Yeah, he might have to play. Even defense, defense, even if even if you move Mahota over, you know, you, I just haven't heard any rumblings about either of those defensive tackles that redshirted this past year. And Porsche hasn't even moved to defensive tackle yet. I've heard that there's an issue with getting him to move to defensive tackle.
1: Well, Wiles said earlier in the year that he had moved to tackle, but then you had heard that he was moved. He was still at end. So it seems like there's. I I don't don't think, well,
0: I don't think he's all in on defensive tackle at this stage. We'll we'll see. Yeah. We'll Uh, see. And you know, I haven't heard any, any positives about glaze i haven't heard any negatives either but but I, I don't get the sense that either one of those guys is ready to step in and take the bull by the horns so to speak and btex for so the spring is important for both of them yeah, yes it, it is yeah exactly it's important for both of them it'll be uh, you know cam good uh has a chance to play next year in my opinion
1: yeah he does especially given at least that you know he'll be able to at least hang in there with some guards and he and will and have a chance to play
0: did joe Caden roll early
1: I, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not exactly sure. There's so
0: that. many guys enrolled early. It's yeah. almost like a 50-50 chance. When yeah, it, 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 early.
1: exactly. It really is. And I know that there was also some some questions about whether some guys would enroll early. Like, I know Jeremy Webb was supposed to enroll early, then he wasn't able to mm-hmm. because of some class issues at, at his community college, but he will be here for the summer. Um, all right, folks, that's all the time we have for this one. TSL will have full coverage uh, of National Signing Day tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, starting at at least 7 a.m. for Anthony Grant's announcement. Uh, And then we'll have you throughout the day. Remember, we'll have a press conference, or not we, Tech will have a press conference at 3 o'clock. We'll be there for that. Tech basketball plays tomorrow night at 9 p.m. against NC State. Sold out. We've hit that one several times. We're going to try and get another podcast out this week to recap Sunday. just a quick one. We're going to hope we're able to do that. I know tomorrow's going to be an extremely busy day. Can we do it on for,
0: Thursday afternoon? Yeah, I'm going to be up past midnight the plan. I, I think Thursday morning
1: is going to be out <laughs> yeah. of the question for us. But um, Until then, that's all the time we have for this one. For Will Stewart, for Chris Coleman, I'm Rick the Blue. Thanks for listening.